0: Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Samuel 10, Israel's first king? This is a continuation of where we were last time. Samuel said to Saul, I'm going to show you the word of God. And so that brings us now into this uh, chapter 10. In the first part of this chapter, we see the anointing of the king and the assurance to him that he is the king. So we start in uh, verse one. Samuel took the vial of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him. And he said, indeed, Yahweh has anointed you to be a ruler over his inheritance. The Greek word, if you look at the septu... If you look at the Greek version of the Hebrew... Is Krio? That's another word here, but the root of that word is the root is a is a from that you can get the word Christos, Christ. So he was in this sense not that he was being signified or designated as the Messiah, but he was being Christed. He was being anointed. In his case. For a particular job. So he has a job description and a job. He's not going to be like every other king in the world. And here's how we know that. Indeed, Yahweh has anointed you to be a ruler over his inheritance. Nachla. That means his possession. Over the possession, the property of God. So unlike other kings, this king can't claim that everything is his. It's God's. And God has given him a job and granted to him, is granting to him a stewardship. He is going to be a prince over princes. Because the very name Yitzrael Israel means prince with God. So everybody of God's people in Israel were seen by the Lord as princes, each one a prince. But it is God who elevates Saul to be their king or the prince over the prince's So he has anointed you to be a ruler over his inheritance. These are God's people, Saul. They're not your people. Saul's job, as it has already been seen, is to protect these people. To ride before them. To take care of them. To be their hero. That's what they want. And so God, sending Samuel like this, has anointed Saul to be this. Now, this is not a big public event right here. But we're going to see how it gets more public as we go. Now, this is Samuel still. So, you know, all right, so here's Saul. He's not a particularly religious man. We already saw that last time. You know, he's, he's, he, he's, he's not a church guy. You know, he's, not a, he's certainly not a Sunday school teacher. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't even know who Samuel is. Now Samuel's been going all over the land preaching the Word of God. And all the Bible says people just came to remember him everywhere accepted him as the prophet. He's the first of the prophets in that sense of the office of prophet. And Samuel is an old man, so he's been at it for a long time. And we're going to see in the course of this passage how effective Samuel has been all around the land So, and we saw from the young maidens last time how, you know, most people know and recognize Samuel and they get excited when he comes around because God has told them and it has been true that this guy speaks the word of God. If he says it, it's going to happen. Samuel tells Saul, you know, well, I know about your donkeys. Well, that's something nobody would have known. I know about your donkeys and... And all. So it continues here. Samuel says, When you go from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the border of Benjamin in Zelzah. And they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to seek were found. Well, now, okay. Beyond, you know, who knows about this? Well, his servant knew. Maybe certain people when he scoured the land for these donkeys. But just like it's a matter of fact, by the way, these, these guy, you know, by the way, they say, by the way, found your donkeys. By the way, your father was worried. Now, Who would know that? Saul had said that privately to his to his servant. Samuel says, you're going to find your donkeys. Samuel says, I'm going to show you the word of God. So Saul would have to look at his servant and say, how do these guys know that I was worried about my daddy being worried about us getting lost or coming back home or not? Your father has abandoned the matter of the donkeys and is worried about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Samuel Continues. See, here's the deal. Samuel says, I'm going to give you three signs that this is of God. Not just one, but three. That's the first one. These guys are going to happen up on you and say, we found your donkeys and your daddy's worried. Well, how could they know all of that, that 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 had been on Saul's mind? Here's number two. You should go on forward from there and you'll come to the plain of Tabor and there you will meet three men. And you'll be going up to bow to God to Bethel. Now that's the house of God. That's you remember that? That's that's a important thing in, in Jacob's life. And, and uh, the ladder going people, angels going up and down, you know, and all that. One, so he goes to, he said, All right, you, you're gonna go and worship God at Bethel, the house of God. You're gonna meet three guys. And they're going to be carrying three kids, three goats, and one carrying three loaves of bread, and one carrying an earthenware jug of wine. They're going to greet you and give you two cakes of bread, and you'll take it from them. So these guys are on their way up to this special place to worship God, and there they're going to make this special offering of of the goats and, and, and the bread and so forth. They're going to give two loaves of bread. To Saul, highly unusual. That's, that's number two. After that, Samuel says, you're going to the, come to the hill of God where there are Philistine officers. And it will be that when you come there to the city, you'll meet a band of prophets descending from the high place. Bama, the high place. And before them, you'll be, uh, before them will be a psaltery and a drum and a flute and a harp, and they're going to prophesy. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Musicians are going to be around, prophets, okay. How do we know that Samuel, Samuel was the first of the prophets in this, this office of the prophet. How do we know that he's done a good job? Because he has developed a band of prophets who will become known as the school of prophets. Later on. So they're. They're on their way. And. Some, they're descending from the high place. And here's, here's these musical instruments. And somebody to play them. And so they're going to have. They're going to have a. A gospel concert. And people are going to get happy. I used to sing in a quartet. And I know. How when You. Crank it up, man, people get happy. So we're at a southern gospel concert here. And these prophets can sing. And Saul is there. You know, okay, Saul's not a church guy. We've already seen in the language in previous chapters that he's not that, he, he's not that connected with the law of Moses or with the Bible of his day. Didn't even know who Samuel was. Now he knows who he is. And so these guys, these prophets, start singing and playing these instruments. And what happens? The Spirit of Yahweh will pass over you and you will prophesy with them. And you will be turned into another man. Now this is in the sense that the Spirit of God came on Samson. Samson was designated by God from the womb. If you remember, the angel of the Lord came and visited his mother. He's going to be a Nazarite. Don't ever cut his hair. No wine. Don't touch a dead thing. And he's going to be a, a, a great a great judge for the Lord. And of course, you know the story of Samson, how great and mighty he was. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and enabled Samson to do what Samson was Designated by God to do all right Saul is designated by God at this point in time to be the first king of Israel. So he 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 hooks up with a band of prophets. They start singing and playing instruments and having a big time and he starts prophesying. Now we don't know what he says here. It doesn't tell us what he said, but he was turned into another man. He could have quoted some of the things that Samuel said. He could have even maybe quoted part of the scripture that he had learned from Samuel. But he is telling forth the word of God and this event, the spirit of Yahweh coming upon him, makes him another man. Now, this is not in the sense of regeneration like in the New Testament. This is in the sense that the way that you see it when Yahweh designates somebody in the Old Testament for a specific task and the Spirit of the Lord comes on them so they can fulfill that task. So this is Saul. Saul, by the Spirit of Yahweh, after a time of worship and then expressing forth the Word, the will, the purpose of God in some way, is turned into another man. And it will be that when these signs will come to you, do for yourself what your hand will find, for God is with you. Okay, Saul, here's the deal. Your job description is to protect the people of God. To defend the people of God against all of the enemies of God's people. Because God says this is my inheritance, this is my possession, this is my property. In other words, the nation of Israel is the possession or the property of God unique among other nations. That's not said of the other nations. That's only said of Israel. They are my heritage, they are my inheritance, they are my possession. They are my property. So you can't be a king like other kings because these are my people and your job is to protect them and when it comes time for you to do something you'll know what to do and then you do it and God is with you so and we'll see how that works out God willing in the next uh, chapter but Saul starts out great to be a a warrior He he didn't he wasn't born that way Day before yesterday, he wasn't that way. And you shall come down before me to Gilgal and behold, I shall go down to you to offer up burnt offerings and to slaughter peace offerings. Seven days shall you wait until I come to you and I shall let you know what you shall do. So Samuel, the man of God, is giving direction to Saul, the anointed king. You don't do anything until I come to you. But these three things are going to let you know that this is the word of God. What I've told you, you're the king, you're anointed, the king of Israel. And it was when he turned his shoulder to go away from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all these signs came about on that day. Those three things on that day. And they came there to the hill, and behold, a band of prophets. Now, they they focus on the third of those signs, sign number three. A band of prophets came toward him, and the Spirit of God passed upon him, and he prophesied in their midst. And it was that all who had known him before saw that, behold, he was prophesying with the prophets. (laughs) And the people said to one another, what in the world has happened to Saul? That's what they said. What is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? Did he get saved? And then go to preaching? What is this? It's unusual. This was not Saul. This was another man. And a man from there answered and said, And who was their father? If there also therefore became a proverb is Saul also among the prophets. And he finished prophesying and he came to the high place. <laughs> Saul's uncle said to him and to his servant, Where'd you go? He said, I was looking for the donkeys. It all started because I was looking for the donkeys. He said, To seek the donkeys, and when we saw, That they were not to be found. We came to Samuel. Saul's uncle said. Tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul said to his uncle. He told us that the donkeys had been found. But the matter of the kingdom. Of which Samuel had spoken. He didn't tell him. He didn't say to his uncle. By the way. I'm the king of Israel. He didn't say that. So that's not known at this point generally no. Now Israel is going to meet her king. And Samuel called the people together unto God to Mizpah. And he said to the children of Israel, so said Yahweh, the God of Israel. I brought Israel up from Egypt and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms which oppressed you. And today, now this is Samuel preaching to the people. Today you have rejected your God who saves you from all your adversaries and your troubles and you have said to him but a king you shall set over us and now stand before Yahweh by your tribes and by your thousands and Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near and the tribe of Benjamin was taken so they cast lots They were still doing that kind of thing to seek leaders, even in the book of Acts. You remember when the the guy, Matthias, was chosen to take Judas' place? He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families. The family of the uh, Matrites was taken and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. So they kept doing this until they came to Saul. Okay, so here's what Saul says. And you know, God directed the whole thing. But the people had to have it this way, right? And they sought him, but he was not found. They asked of Yahweh further, has the man come here yet? And Yahweh said, he's hiding over in the baggage department. That's what it meant. That's what the word meant, the equipment, baggage, with all the stuff that people carry around. He's hiding over there. (laughs) They ran and took him from there and he stood in the midst of the people and he was taller than all the people from his shoulder and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, have you seen the one whom Yahweh has chosen? For there is none like him among all the people. Well, that was obvious. He was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. The Bible says he was the handsomest man in the world. So they had to go and drag him out of the bags and bring him up before the people. And all the people shouted and said, long live the king. And Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom. And he wrote it in a book and placed it before Yahweh. And Samuel sent all the people away, each one to his house. And Saul too went to his house to Gibeah. And the band whose heart God had touched went with him. And unscrupulous men said, how will this one save us? And they despised him and brought him no gift. But Saul kept his peace. He was the king. He got lopped off their heads. You know, this whole thing reminds me of the I don't know if I'll say this. He reminds me of the pastor search process in a Southern Baptist church. I've heard of people who threw, who threw resume, committees who threw resumes up in the air and the last one to fall was the one they were going to look at first. And then he gets voted in and there's always that few that say, This guy ain't going to help us, (laughs) right? But Saul was a peaceful man, and he kept his peace. He was another man. As a matter of fact, later on, the, the matter of these unscrupulous men who had criticized the selection of Saul, this matter comes up again after Saul leads Israel to war in the next chapter. And they're all ready to just to take care of business. They've got fresh blood on their swords, and they're they have, man, the you know, the 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 the, the juice is pumping. While we're killing somebody, let's just go kill those guys that criticized you. Yeah. Saul said no. That's not my job. That's not my job description. My job description is the enemies of God's people. So he starts out very well. We'll see that God willing. Next time, but what do you get out of this? Well, here's what you get out of it that unique among the nations, Israel, here is God's possession, God's heritage, God's property. And the king of Israel is restrained and limited to this truth. Your job is to be their hero. That's okay. Lead them into battle. You do it right with the right heart. I'll take care of business for you. But remember, these are not your people. These are my people. So you can can rule the armies and take them into battle. But these are not your people. And this is not your land. Like most kingdoms and nations. this, This nation is my possession among all the other nations. This is my inheritance. This is my property. And Saul starts out so well. The story of Saul is such a great lesson. God willing, we'll continue there next time. But now let's have our deacon prayer time.